No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where Israel sins again and serves multiple gods, resulting in multiple enemies oppressing them. They cry out to God, but this time, He won't deliver them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. Can someone go too far in sinning against God so that He won't answer prayer? If we feel we've gone too far, what can we do? We continue in Judges chapter 10. After Abimelech, there arose to save Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Doda, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamer in the mountains of Ephraim. He judged Israel 23 years, and he died and was buried in Shamer. We really know very little about Tola. He was from the north in Issachar, but he lived in central Israel in the mountains of Ephraim. We are not told of any enemy armies that he defeated, but he judged Israel for 23 years, keeping the peace. Jesus said in Matthew 19:30, "But many who are first will be last, and the last first." We will meet many in heaven who didn't make a big splash before men, but who were faithful to God. They may be sitting in the front rows. On the other hand, many who were prominent in life will be sitting in the back rows of heaven. We don't control the time or circumstances in which we are born, but we do control what we do with what we've been given. If we are faithful in that which is least, then God will give us more in which to be faithful, and he rewards us accordingly. After him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and he judged Israel 22 years. Now he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns, which are called Havoth-Jair to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried in Camon. Jair lived in Gilead, which was on the east side of the Jordan River in the land belonging to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He had 30 sons to whom he had given 30 donkeys and 30 cities in Gilead. This would indicate that Jair was wealthy. I would imagine that having 30 sons ruling with him would help him manage the country. But they didn't spread out very far. While some have accused Jair of nepotism, I can tell you that it is a great blessing to have your children serving the Lord with you. Certainly it was God's will that Aaron and his sons served together as priests, meaning that the ministry was to be passed down from one generation to the next. Our son works at our church as our youth pastor, and our daughter plays keyboard on our worship team and oversees our nursery. Our daughter-in-law oversees our children's ministry. We have not placed them in these positions because they're family, but because their lives demonstrate that they are gifted and called by God to serve him in these areas. But what a blessing it is for a family to serve the Lord together. I believe the greatest legacy we can give our children and grandchildren is to train them up in the way of the Lord 
and include them with us in the work of the Lord. Verse 6, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. After 45 years of rest and peace from their enemies, why would the children of Israel return to their false gods? Hadn't they learned by now that this only led to disaster? The basic problem is that man doesn't want to submit to the living God. Man doesn't want to submit to anyone but himself. Therefore, he creates a God that lets him do whatever he wants. In our secularized society, we don't bow down to little carved idols as they did, but we have our gods of money, sex, power, and intellect nonetheless. Even though these gods are lifeless and have no power, man will turn to them because they satisfy his lusts. But they only lead to degradation and they cannot save. The book of Judges is the historical account of a downward spiral. There are some 13 cycles of sin, slavery, repentance, and deliverance. But when the roller coaster goes down, it goes down deeper and longer than before. Now when the nation indulges in idolatry, they are no longer satisfied with one false god. They seek out the false gods from all the nations surrounding them. We must stress that Yahweh entered a marriage covenant with Israel. Therefore, he viewed Israel's unfaithfulness as his wife committing adultery with other lovers. Multiple lovers at that. No wonder God's anger was hot against her. Therefore, as they had sought to worship the gods of other nations, so now God gave them over to serve those other nations. God's judgment is consequential. Many of these nations were the ones they dispossessed when they conquered the land. How foolish to worship the gods of the nations whom Yahweh had defeated. Verse 8, From that year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years, all the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim so that Israel was severely distressed. The Israelites were harassed and oppressed for 18 years. The two and a half tribes east of the Jordan were the first to be overcome. Then the Ammonites crossed over the Jordan to harass and oppress Judah, Benjamin and Ephraim as well. Now, because they were oppressed, they were also distressed, and no doubt they were depressed. This is the way sin works. Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave to sin. And you'll be harassed by your sins and oppressed by Satan. And that will lead you to be distressed and depressed. You lack purpose and power and life becomes unbearable. Verse 10. 
And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. It took them 18 years to admit that they were wrong. Sin has an anesthetizing effect so that we don't feel how much we've grieved the Holy Spirit. And sin blinds us to the truth. It was quite some time before the prodigal son came to his senses, realizing that he was starving while the servants in his father's house were well fed. It took the Israelites a long time, but they finally realized that they had committed two sins. They forsook Yahweh and they served the Baals. Confessing our sins is the first step to recovery. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines? Also the Sidonians and Amalekites and Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. God reminded them of their history of unfaithfulness when he had been faithful to them. But he wasn't going to deliver them this time. It's as though God was saying, not so fast. When you have repeatedly forsaken me, don't expect that I'm going to keep delivering you. If you think your other gods are all that, then go cry out to them and see what they will do for you. You see, part of fearing God is realizing that there are limits to his patience. While he is merciful, he is also just. But even his justice is motivated by his love. Obviously, his people hadn't hit bottom yet. There had been periods of remorse, but no lasting revival. And whenever God delivered them, they did not show their gratitude by remaining loyal to him. Therefore, love dictated that he must discipline them as a good father. Now, one of the worst things that can happen to us is for God to give us over to our sins. Loving parents will continue to intervene in the lives of their kids, rebuking and correcting them. But when a child persists in his own way to the point that the parent leaves him alone, that is always a bad sign. Proverbs 14.14 says the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. At this point, God was ignoring their cries and giving them over to be filled with their own rebellious ways. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord and his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. First, the children of Israel had reached a point of desperation where they not only admitted that they had sinned, but they were also willing to throw themselves completely upon God's character. They would rather have the Lord, even though it meant receiving his discipline, than to have their idols. This reminds me of when David sinned by numbering the people and the Lord sent the prophet Gad telling him to pick his punishment. He could have seven years of famine, three months of being chased by his enemies, or three days of plague. 
And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. If you feel you've gone too far in sinning against God, then after you've confessed your sins, throw yourself completely upon his character, even if it means submitting to his discipline for a time. Humble yourself beneath his mighty hand. You are far better off to fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great, than to fall anywhere else. Second, the children of Israel proved that their repentance was sincere by putting away their foreign gods among them and serving the Lord. That didn't mean that they hid them in the closet or the attic. They destroyed these images so that they couldn't return to them. Then they served the Lord. What was the result? God couldn't endure the misery of his people any longer. As David wrote in Psalm 103, As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. This is the way back to God, even when we have failed repeatedly. Verse 17, Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. The people were now ready to stand against their enemy, for they had restored their relationship with God. There was only one problem. Who would lead them into battle? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we will see where the Ammonites make war against Israel. The elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah, an outcast, to deliver them. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible. <laughs>